I'm Daniel Gowerluck, and this is On Earth. On Earth is brought to you by the Pacific Museum of Earth. In this podcast, we aim to show what it's like to be an Earth, ocean, or atmospheric scientist. There's a lot of diversity under that umbrella, and not all of our scientists wear lab coats. Today on Earth, we're talking to... Jacqueline Weston. Welcome to the podcast, Jacqueline. Now, you are the project manager at the uh, City of Victoria's brand new wastewater treatment plant, right? Yes, I am a project manager, and I also am a an operations manager. So I've been working on delivering the project, so having our new wastewater treatment plant designed and built. Uh, and I'm transitioning now. Uh, for the past couple of weeks, I've been actually managing the operation. Oh, congratulations. How did you get into this field? So in school, my favorite subjects were math, science, and I also really like hands-on problem solving. Um, I really like being in the outdoors, swimming, hiking, going camping. So I really wanted to be an environmental engineer, and that was my first job after I graduated. Uh, But I was in a different industry, and after spending a number of years in consulting, I decided I wanted to be closer to home, uh, to work in my own community, and I was able to transition into municipal engineering job, which basically means I worked for my local city, um, planning, designing, and, and building water and wastewater infrastructure. So I was really lucky to get a chance now to be living in Victoria and working for the Capital Regional District on the new wastewater treatment plant. Great. I'm sure that it's easier to go swimming now that you've got your wastewater treatment plant. Definitely. And actually, um, I have, uh, uh, I know uh, some people who uh, have started um, doing early morning dips. So they go to the ocean and they stay there for 10, 15 minutes. And you might have heard about it. It's kind of a new thing for people to do to relax. Um, And so they've been telling me that they've noticed that the water is clear. So they are attributing that um, to our new wastewater treatment plan, which I think is wonderful. They're still doing that in January? No, they do it all. They do it all year round. Yeah. In fact, I understand the ocean temperatures around nine degrees all year round. um, And it's the cold water that that helps with your relaxation. How long has the treatment plant been running for then if it's already showing a difference? So it's it's actually been uh, we've been treating wastewater here since August. Um, It was uh, a commissioning period uh, in 2020. And uh, the CRD actually took over the operation from the contractor in early January. So how did the city of Victoria treat its wastewater before your wonderful new new plant came online? Previously, the wastewater that was collected from homes and businesses um, went through screens, so it was screened, um, and then it was discharged directly into the Juan de Fuca Strait. So now what we're doing is instead of discharging it, we still screen the wastewater, uh, we remove grit, and then it's pumped over to our brand new wastewater treatment facility where it's, it's treated. And how do you go about treating it in this facility? So uh, we basically have what's called a tertiary treatment plant. Uh, What that means is there's three different levels of treatment, primary, secondary, and tertiary. Um, The heart of the treatment is 
bacteria. So that's what I get really excited about. I did my research at university in uh, using bacteria um, to actually treat uh, copper in the mining industry. So now I'm using bacteria to treat wastewater. Um, uh, the primary treatment is a physical separation process. So basically solids um, settle out. The secondary treatment is where the bacteria come in and they basically break down the, the components of the wastewater. And then our tertiary treatment is another um, physical separation process where we use filters to, um, to take out uh, residual solids. That's really cool. I think I've heard about physical separation before. That's just where you uh, let the water stand long enough and then anything that's solid falls to the bottom, right? That's right. And we have a unique site here in the Capital Regional District. So we're actually treating our wastewater on a, a relatively small footprint site. So we're using um, state of the art technologies to treat the wastewater that are able to treat it on in a smaller footprint. So um, we have uh, uh, what's called the fixed film bioreactors where bacteria grow on media, uh, which has a very large surface area and a small, a small amount of um, space. Uh, so it's quite unique. Great. You're leading the field. Now, you've clearly put a lot of thought and energy into designing this plant, uh, but why do we do it at all? Why don't we just pump it all straight into the ocean? So uh, when untreated sewage is put into receiving water, such as the ocean, um, bacteria feed on the wastewater that's uh, released and they use up oxygen in the water. And then that oxygen isn't available for fish and other creatures. Um, so there's also um, solids that can be in wastewater um, can prevent sunlight from getting to underwater plants and that um, stops them from growing. And then there's limited food for fish and other organisms. So um, suspended solids are also harmful to fish, to their gills and their um, delicate parts of other organisms. Um, and another reason is that contaminants of concern that you may have, people may have heard of such as pharmaceuticals, PCBs, etc., are harmful for ocean life, um, particularly for larger creatures, such as orcas, which are higher up the food chain. Um, and so uh, having a wastewater treatment plant eliminates these issues, uh, and that's how it's helpful to the environment. And when you say PCBs, you mean like plastics? Yeah, it would be anything that's discharged into the wastewater system. So anything that people put into the pipes, either in their homes or businesses. <laughs> Great. Well, I'm glad we have your plant up and running now. Definitely. And, and we still, uh, the CRD, the Capital Regional District, has a very strong source control program, which means um, because we hadn't been treating wastewater in the past, uh, we have a group that uh, works very hard to talk to people as well as businesses and prevent those things from getting into the sewer in the first place. So we'll continue to work on that. Source control is always a very important step. Right. I guess it's always better to be proactive rather than reactive. Now, with any large and uh, detailed and intricate uh, project like this, there are bound to be uh, odd things that happen, unexpected things that happen. Um, and I find those often make for the best stories. So do you have any uh, interesting stories that you'd like to share about building this uh, wastewater treatment plant? Uh, so there were, obviously there were, there were lots of things that have happened over, uh, over a three-year construction project. Um, I think the thing that sticks with me the most is the work that we did in, in James Bay, which is a neighborhood in the city of Victoria. Um, part of the project um, beyond the plant, we were also building um, 
pipes and pump stations to bring the sewage to the new wastewater treatment plant site. And one of the things that we had to do is we had to build a pipe underneath Victoria Harbor. So we had to actually um, drill a hole under the ocean. Uh, then we had to pull a steel pipe into that hole. Um, and in order to do that, we had to uh, put the pipe together. The pipe was a kilometer long. And so for six weeks, we built this pipe within a residential neighborhood called James Bay. Um, and as a consequence, people couldn't get by the pipe. So they had to park in different areas. They had to walk different ways. They had construction on their roadway. So it was impactful on the community. But the thing that surprised me, or I guess will stick with me the most, is just how um, wonderful the community was and how they kind of embraced the project despite the inconveniences. Um, uh, the local school was involved. Um, we had kids from the school come out and do finger painting or hand painting on the pipe. That was a lot of fun. <clears throat> we actually had groups go into the school and talk to kids about the pipe and what we were doing and about the water industry in general. So that was a pretty fun for me. I really like to share with young people what I do for a living and why it's fun. Um, and so <laughs> the, the day that we actually uh, pulled the pipe through the hole, it was a very exciting day because we just spent nine months drilling this hole and we'd spent six weeks putting this pipe together. And then in three days, we were pulling the steel pipe through the hole. Um, we had uh, drills on either end pushing and pulling this pipe. So it was pretty exciting. Um, and as I was walking around in the crowd, listening to people, I would hear comments like, engineering is so cool. This is awesome. And to me, that was just so exciting that actually people think what I do is cool. And I was, you know, thinking, especially with the young people, that hopefully some of them were inspired to think of STEM, think of math, science, and engineering as interesting and fun and something that they might want to do as a career. So I was very excited about that. That's really sweet. It's amazing that something as basic and simple as a pipe could become really a community rallying point. It's also really impressive. Uh, I always thought it was just, you know, the treatment building, but it turns out there's all this hidden infrastructure, all this piping all over the place uh, that we wouldn't even think of as being so essential uh, to treating our wastewater. Exactly. Actually, one of the unique features of our project is that we're treating the solids from the wastewater treatment plant at our landfill site, and it's 19 kilometers north of um, the wastewater treatment plant site. So we did build a, a pipeline to and some pump stations to pump the, the solids there. Um, so it, it, there are some interesting and unique features. And as I mentioned, I'm the operations manager, not only of the plant, though, of the conveyance system as well. So um, I'm, yeah, I'm responsible for a, a large area <laughs> of, uh, of wastewater collection and, and uh, treatment. It really is a, a wastewater treatment plant. You've got this whole hidden network of roots <laughs> that we can't see. One of the things I loved is in this career was uh, with my children and um, driving them around and I could say, oh, mommy built that and mommy's working on that. So um, they're older now. They're not so interested, but I still get excited driving around and knowing that I'm <laughs> responsible for the infrastructure. Well, I'm sure. Uh, is that your favorite part of your job? I think so. I really like the connection to the community. So I really love the fact that I live here and the work that I do every day is really contributing to something positive for the community. So when my friend mentioned about her swimming in the morning and that they felt the project was helping them, like that's what makes me feel good and you know makes me happy to go to work every day. 
Okay, now I have a pop question for you. Uh, who's got a better water treatment system, Victoria or Vancouver? <laughs> a little friendly rivalry across the street. Well, it's interesting because Vancouver is also building wastewater treatment um, infrastructure. So um, I guess we'll we'll see how their how their newest project turns out, and we'll <laughs> we'll do some tours. They'll come visit us. We'll go visit them. I guess that would be literal trash talk. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, there are lots of jokes in this industry. That's for sure. Now, Jacqueline, you've uh, painted a really lovely picture of waste uh, treatment. Um, but I also know that sometimes things aren't as nice and, and rosy as that. Uh, people can treat each other terribly for very unfair reasons. So do you feel like you've uh, ever been treated unfairly? I, I've actually been very lucky in my career. Um, I've found that people have been very supportive. Uh, I remember the very first um, my very first job, as I mentioned, as an environmental engineer, and I think it was, I was just pretty new and went to a conference and was sitting in a large room with, with, um, you know, hundreds of people. And I was one of the only women and it was, it was strange. Uh, I mean, I'd been through engineering school, but we had, um, our class in chemical engineering was about 50, 50 men and women. Um, and so it, it was a little, uh, of a new experience and and throughout my career it's been like that um uh, often being the only woman in the room but it, everyone has been very supportive um i think that um engineering is really uh trying to be more diverse um i'm, I'm excited now at the plant so we have a mix of um female and male operators um we're trying to build that diversity um into um, into the work that we do and into our organizations. Um, so I've been lucky. Um, I do try to give back the good fortune and support I've had by, um, you know, helping people who are, are younger than me um, and trying to, you know, give them any helpful advice that I'm able to. Um, I am, I, I do feel that um, there are lots of opportunities um, for diverse, a diverse group of people. And like anything, you want to have a full representation of your society in, in your field. And I think we are can just continuing to work towards that in engineering and science. That's great. I found that often when a, a person is a minority in a field, um, they find other people who are like them, and they end up creating a very uh, tight web of uh, supportive community. Now, another unfortunate thing we've all had to deal with this year has been the COVID pandemic. So I'm curious, has it affected your work and have you been able to work uh, safely through the outbreak? Definitely. So I think it's affected in terms of work. We I've continued to work. Um, we did have when, where we were able um, to work from home, we did. So um, in the early days in March, April and May, I was actually working from home and um, it is difficult to work from home. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, I've definitely worked uh, a lot of hours um, because it's hard to separate your your work and your home life when you're doing that. Um, but in in uh, in May and June, that's when we hired all our new operators for the facility, and so I needed to be here um, to help them with their training. And we wanted to to gel as a group. Uh, bringing a, a group of new people together, um, you have to be, you have to be together. Um, also the construction project was um, able to continue throughout the pandemic. So uh, we obviously followed provincial guidance and followed all of the protocols for COVID-19. Um, and so I would say that we, we basically have kept going and then we were able to finish the, finish the project and, and start operation on, on schedule. <laughs> 
That's really impressive that such a large and complicated process wasn't completely derailed by the pandemic. That's right. It actually, it actually was, uh, it, it was very, um, we're very, we're, I guess, happy that we were able to, to do that. And, and also happy, obviously, that uh, we were able to do it without anyone um, getting sick. Congratulations. Well, Jacqueline, those are all the questions I have for you for today. Uh, is there anything you want to say before we let you go? Oh, I just wanted to thank you so much for the opportunity to talk to you. And um, I really, uh, one of the things I'm really excited about is um, down the road, once we get our our feet under us, to be able to uh, collaborate with um, uh, different groups and with the universities. And so I think, you know, programs like yours, where you're uh, helping people understand what's happening in different fields is, is fantastic. So thank you so much for letting me be a part of this. And thank you for sitting down for the chat and sharing your stories and your experience and your passion. Uh, I'm really excited that you've got your new water treatment plant up and running, and I look forward to someday being able to see it. Thanks for listening to Honor. Honor is hosted by me and produced by myself, Kirsten Hodge, our editor Mel Woods, and Ollie Beebe designed our logo. On Earth is made possible thanks to the generous support of the Canadian Geological Foundation. For more episodes like this one, please visit our website at pme.ubc.ca slash learn slash podcast, or listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next week, here on Earth.